Hello, listeners. Please be advised that this episode of Two Millennials One podcast contains some adult language. Thank you. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the hosts and the guests. Hello, and welcome to episode 57 of Two Millennials One podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Gable, and today we're going to do something special. I sat down for an interview with Layla Sims, and we discussed what it's like to be a transgendered individual as a millennial in America today. Before I play that interview, though, I'd like to encourage you all to please subscribe and share our podcast if you have yet to do so. Check us out anywhere you get your podcasts. And now to the interview. So we're here with Layla, and can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Layla? I am a millennial. I'm 29 years old. Um, I'm an Aries. I love to travel. I just moved back to New York. I'm a, a big broadcaster on like Facebook. I have a page that I created. Got like about 2,000 people subscribing and all that. So if y'all are interested, Look me up at Trans Wonderland with Layla. All right, so Trans Wonderland. So you clearly are then a transgender individual. Is that how you refer to yourself? Yes, I do. Okay, so can you tell me your experience as a transgender individual and as a millennial? Like, what's it like during this time? I can say that being a trans woman and as a millennial, it is easier for us in our generation than the previous generations because a lot of the previous generations went through and did the fighting, the battles, uh, got their asses beat and hurt just to get these protection laws that we have today to get us the, the I guess, the freedom of like being able to voice our own opinions. I mean, there are still some places that are a little bit backwards about it, but I don't know. I think I've, my, my biggest happiness with my transition has been just being here in the state of New York because of the protection laws against the trans community. Where were you at previously? I, well, I've lived all around. Um, I've lived in Texas and Tennessee. Texas and Tennessee don't strike me as places that would be necessarily accepting to transgendered lifestyles. Is that accurate in your estimation? Correct. Um, maybe, I don't, I don't know. Well, Texas, like when I was like in the beginning in Texas, like there would be a lot of people that'd be like, yes, sir. I'd be like, hold up, what? And they'd be like, oh, I'm like, no. Do I look like a sir? And they'd be like, oh, well, um, and I'd be like, no. And then just to make them mad, I would call them of the opposite gender of whatever they technically were. Say it was a man that said, yes, sir, to me. I'd be like, well, yes, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. Just to be a, a little snotty and cocky back in the way to them. I don't know how to put that. Did that have an effect where they more willing to call you by your preferred pronouns at that point, or was it like they don't understand? Well, at the point, at the time, I think they were doing it just to be to be mean about it. 
because there, it was like as clear as day and night that this person is trying to be a female. This person has makeup on, has the long hair, because at the time, at first, yeah, when I first started my transition, I didn't have my long, nappy hair like I have now. I had the little short cut. It was like a little scraggly at the ends, and I'd have to put a wig on. But I've been, gosh, I've been growing my hair now for the past five years, and it's like down past my my nipples, my areola, whatever they want to call them, and I don't have that problem anymore. So you feel that since your appearance has shifted more towards the feminine side that uh, people are more willing to call you by your desired pronouns, or it's just a matter of they don't even think about it because you are a woman, essentially? Correct. I think that like, the, the further along in my transition, it's been more like eyesight-wise that you can see that this is a this isn't a man. My biggest clocker, I think right now would be just my my Adam's apple. I've got to get that tracheal shape, but other than that, I'm pretty happy with like my overall appearances. So you've mentioned your transition, and that seems to be a tough road for a lot of people. How did that go for you? How is that going? How was the coming out process, if you can go into um, detail, if you're comfortable, about just that whole uh, situation? Goodness. I came out of the closet, I think, two or three times in my lifetime. (laughs) The first time was when I was 15 years old. I just, I was in, I think, ninth grade. Yeah. And I was in school. High school, there was a kid, my brother's, my older brother's age, that I had the biggest crush on, and he ended up being a gay guy, so me and him ended up being friends. And, like, one day, like, I stayed after school for something, I can't remember what, and, like, I said that it was to stay after school for something, but, like, instead, like, I walked off away from the school and just went to the guy's house and hung out with him. And, like, shortly after, like, I felt so comfortable just being at his house and, like, the acceptance that his mother had for him as a gay man that I wanted to be able to feel that same kind of comfort in life. So I came and told my mother that I was like, Mom, I'm bi. And like at first, that first day it was all good, and it's like okay, whatever. But then like the next day, it was like World War Three. I got grounded from a lot of stuff. She was like, "You're you're confused. You don't know what you like. You just had a girlfriend last week or something." And I was like, "Mom, I just said I'm bisexual." And Finally, like, I was like, I can't handle it. I'm tired of being grounded. So I called my father and told him, I was like, Dad, I'm coming to Florida. And I went and lived with my father in Florida. And yeah, he ended up finding out because one night, it was in the winter of sophomore year, 
river at some like little ice skating rink in Florida, and I went down the little the little ski slope thing, and the guy that was waiting at the end to like collect the stuff from the customers that were there, he is just smiling at me and just like winked an eye at me, so I like I like bubbling and I'm like, oh my god, oh my god. I walked over there and just started talking to him, and we exchanged numbers, and that following week, he ended up coming over to my house where I was living with my father, and I snuck away from my uncle's house down the road and walked over to my dad's house and met up with a guy, and my dad found out like that because he was wondering where I was, and came to the house and knocked on the door. I was like, hang on a minute. He's like, open the door. I said, hang on a minute. The dude was like freaking out. I was like, he's like, what do you want me to do? So you want me to get under the bed? So you want me to get in the closet? I was like, no. So like, just, just fucking lay down right here on the ground. And I opened the door and my dad came in and he walked around my room and looked and found the guy and he's like, flipped out on the guy, he was like, get the hell out of my house. And he picked up the guy's shoes and just chunked him out of the front door. Told me to call and tell my mom. He yelled at me about it afterwards. And I called my mom, told her again. And she, at that point, she was like more like okay with it and supporting of me. And on my side, accepting wise of the gay lifestyle because I was in Florida, she was in Tennessee. My father was attacking me, calling me a faggot, calling me all these awful names, and I cried. And she, she said, "It's okay. I love you. You're still my baby boy, no matter what." The age of 18 was when I first told my mother that I wanted to transition. I was already living on my own at that time. I first started living on my own at the age of 16. I know if my mother hears this podcast, she's probably going to say that that it was by choice that I was on my own, but I personally, I don't think it was by choice for me to go live on my own at the age of 16. Yes, when I was 16, I did have a wild life because I was on my own. I was working part-time at Sonic Drive-In. I had an ex-boyfriend that I met there. He'd pick me up for work, take me home after work. Uh, I quit that job, worked at Pizza Hut serving, and... I'd be sneaking out of my window at night, riding around with the boys and all the girls, just being wild, getting drunk. Now, my father, he doesn't, he doesn't really understand it. He doesn't like it. But he's like, whatever. But what's he gonna do? I'm 29. <laughs> my mother, she's like, eh. You'll still be my baby boy no matter what, but I love you. I'm like, well, I love you too, Mom, but I'm your daughter now. I I have had the legal 
name change. So my name, technically it's Manuela, but Layla has been a nickname of mine that I chose for myself at like the age of eight years old. Okay, so overall, do you feel that society is becoming more accepting of those that identify as LGBTQ+, or just anyone in the uh, that realm? Right. It's taken time for us, the world, or the, our country at least, to get there, but the country's coming around. We're going to keep going further, and we're going to keep getting better with time. How do you feel about the protections that are offered to transgender individuals uh, by the United States government? I, I mean, I can see, like, as a, just as, like, human beings, I have protection laws just as much as you have a protection law as a human being. But as far as just being, for like, the LGBT plus, it's, LDLZZ, whatever letters, I, I know that the protection laws are basically the same for the LGBT community as it is for the others. And also it depends on which part of, like, who in the law enforcement would be helping you. Cause I have had some like, give me that snotty, evil look, like, ugh, really, bitch? And I've had some that just all the respect in the world. So overall, you feel like you are protected? Right, just as much as anybody else in this country, I feel. I think that, like, the LGBT protection laws are better than what they used to be, because used to be if you were part of this community... The police would, like, get crazy. They'd want to, like, do, like, a bashing of, like, your skull in with a nightstick or pepper spray you or get the taser gun on you. But I can honestly say in my 29 years of living, I've never had anything like that happen to me. But, yeah, I've never, I've never really had any problems as, like, being in the LGBT community. Like, I've had, like, people, like, say, like, snotty things to me, like, in the real world, like, just everyday people, like, you're a freak, or you're a discrimination to mankind, or you're not fooling me, get out of here, you freak, and I'm like, well, I wasn't a freak a few minutes ago when you were trying to talk to me. What are your thoughts on uh, transgender individuals? serving in the military. I'm all for it. The trans community has been serving in the military for years since the first World War One. I've read I've done like a lot of my research already on it and like seen like where a lot of trans men like where they would like shave their heads and like bind their chest down just so they could get out there to fight on the line. And to have to know that my trans brothers and sisters are going through all these hassles with the law now, it it's upsetting. Because it's like, why would you tell this person that they can't go out there to fight 
to protect you, me, and everyone else in this country when your lazy ass is just going to sit there on your couch watching TV, flipping through the channels. It was like, let this person go out there and protect you so that you can wake up every day free, happy, and not have to worry about the terrorists coming over here, destroying our country. Because we don't want another 9-11 episode. <laughs> and if it wasn't for these people that are willing to put their lives on the line when a lot of other people in this world aren't, should be allowed. Because I know me, I'm not going to, I'm too scared. I'm, I'm not going to be the one to join the military. My brother did, and I was all for him. I give him credit for it, for being in it, but I can't do it. It, it just wasn't me. So I'm going to assume you're probably not a huge fan of President Trump and his uh, decisions <laughs> and ideas and uh, quote-unquote bans to remove or not allow trans individuals to enlist. Absolutely not. I cannot. I'm not a Trump fan at all. When I was little, I, I will say I did watch his little reality show. I say I was probably like in what, fifth or sixth grade. He had that little reality show and like, people would come on there. Or what was it? The, the Apprentice, I think it was called. Yep. Yeah, and then he'd be like, oh, you're fired. And see, I didn't have a problem with a the man then. But he, I didn't know him. I was a child. But as I've gotten older and like, Coming to like learn who he is as an individual human being, his attitude towards just humanity in general, it, it upsets me. What are your feelings on uh, the recent hubbub around trans individuals and bathrooms, specifically in schools, the schools forcing or requiring um, trans individuals to use the bathroom of their gender at birth how do you feel about all that i i don't agree with it i feel that if the child is already seeing a therapist for like the transition then um like they've already been like doing the the work that they need to like seeing the therapist on a regular weekly monthly or whatnot basis and it's not just like something that they're confused with, like as people would think. And this is what they are determined to do and who they are. Then let, let the person use the bathroom that they, that they are supposed to be in. I remember, I think it was last year, I tried to go into the men's room because the ladies room was blocked off in the mall. A gentleman stopped me. He was like, ma'am, I think you're going in the wrong way. I was like, huh? He was like, yeah, the women's is over there. I was like, oh, thank you. And I didn't, like, tell him. I was like, oh, I'm legally supposed to be in this restroom. I just, I, I accepted the, the, the advice from the gentleman, and I just turned around, and I walked out of the restroom, and I just sat there waiting for the little custodian to finish. So I'm a high school educator, and a lot of high school educators listen to this podcast, and uh, we do live in a time where there are more students that feel comfortable 
transitioning or living how they want to live. Do you have any advice to just educators or anyone that is dealing with children, essentially, that are going through this as to how we can handle it or better interact with them and just support them? Do not discriminate the person. Do not tell them that they are wrong. Just look at them. Even if you had to fake the smile, just just put a little the little bitch grin on your face and just listen. Because sometimes these people, we don't have somebody that we can talk to. And if we're coming to you as an adult or as a person to discuss this with, it means that we've taken a trust, a big trust in you as a human being to want to discuss this with because we can't discuss it with others and we feel that this person may be able to help us on the path to happiness and success. Never tell a person that you're going to rot and you're going to burn in hell. You're all this and that. That's, it's very painful. I still have stuff that has been said to me in my past and just recently said to me in my lifetime this year that bothers me and I know it'll always bother me but I can't change it but I've accepted it what should cisgender individuals slash just anyone know about transgender individuals like if you had a platform to talk to anyone that you needed to or everybody like what what do we need to know we're human beings we breathe and we eat and we urinate and make the same wastes come out of our bodies as every other human being and living creature on this earth. Just respect. I don't understand a lot of people in this world, and I never will, but I'm not going to down them. It's like, that's, that would, it would be like bashing someone's religion. Don't bash a religion if you don't understand it. It's the same. Don't bash a lifestyle if you don't understand it. Because I don't understand a lot of religions and a lot of the things that people in this world say and do and believe, but I respect them still. Because as a human on this earth, it's not my place to judge anybody. There's only one person that can do that. And when that time comes, we'll be at that starlight gates and oh, hi <laughs> I got my hair did <laughs> <laughs> alright so finally Layla I would just like to give you another opportunity to tell listeners where they can find you online if you're uh, wanting to share that okay well I have two pages I know the one on on Facebook I have a page called Trans Wonderland with Layla not, it's not Trans Wonderland alone. You have to put with Layla after to find mine. And on YouTube, you can find me as Layla's Wonderland. My page is the one on YouTube with the black and white photo. Yeah, if like anybody has questions, they can feel free to find me online and write to me. I love having questions and talking live with people. All right. Anything else you'd like to add, Layla? Just love, support, respect, and be upfront with people, but don't 
like discriminate love everyone as you want to be loved and respect everyone as you want to be respected in return if you can't respect somebody don't respect don't expect to get respect in return wise words now we'll do our song picks of the week layla what you got well my song pick of the week will be i will survive by gloria gainer oh i like that some disco yes <laughs> millennial disco themes that's fantastic I'll go with uh, July by Noah Cyrus, which I've been bopping to right now. I'd like to give a big thanks to Layla for sitting down and talking with us. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time.